Hello and welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond. Uh, This is the show where we chat to interesting people about getting out of their comfort zones. Uh, We see cool people doing cool things and think, wow, that's awesome. Uh, But we don't talk as much about the challenges these people face to get there or the times that they had to push out of their comfort zones to get this good stuff done. These people that I chat to inspire me to get out of my comfort zone uh, and to try and be okay with the challenges and the hard stuff that is inevitable on our journey. Um, Hopefully you guys that have been listening get something out of these chats as well. Um, And it's I know that myself, every time that I've gone and got out of my comfort zone, I've grown as a person uh, and something good has come out of it. And it might not be always what I set out to achieve, um, but it's been something pretty pretty special anyway. And I think for for me, I, I believe that that's one of the best ways that we can grow as people and, and as a society as well. Um, and that's that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Um, today is a, is a slightly different episode. Uh, it's episode number thirty eight. Um, it's the third episode out in twenty seventeen. So there's no real special reason for for doing this one today. Um, but I just had a bit of extra time after coming back from Japan, so I thought it was it would be a nice chance to have a bit of a review of the podcast. Um, and take out some of the cool bits from some of the cool conversations that I've had with people who have been gracious enough to to share some time with me, uh, to have uncomfortable conversations, to talk about challenges, and to also impart some some insights so that that I can learn from them, and hopefully so that you guys can learn a little bit from them from them too. Um, and I'm really really grateful, as I said, for for everyone. That has been a part of the show. All of the conversations have been amazing. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't take a little bit out of every conversation. One, because that would just take me ages. My audio editing skills are not up to that much just at the moment. Um, I'd be here for weeks. Uh, but also, it'd be a very, very long episode for you guys to, to ha- listen into because there's been some really cool topics that have been covered so far. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening in as well. It's been awesome to have people actually listening to my uh, to my conversations, and that was something that I was worried about and kind of uncomfortable about at the start. I was like, "Are people actually going to want to listen to conversations that I've had?" Um, Turns out, yes. Uh, potentially, that is that's in part uh, due to all the awesome guests that I've had on and the and the insights that I've been sharing as well. Um, but hopefully, every now and then, I've been able to say something insightful that that people have been able to take away as well. Now, I've kind of been promising over the last couple of weeks that I'd give you a little bit of a review and a little bit of a plan of what the what the podcast is is up to um in 2017 uh, 2016 was was cool uh, got it out there and got got the ball rolling and i think i've kind of figured out how to do a podcast now which has been has been an important step on the journey because i had no idea to start with um but 
in 2017, hopefully uh, want to just make this a little bit bigger, uh, create a little bit more of a, of a community around Uncomfortable is Okay. Uh, and at the moment, we're working on a new website uh, just to zhuzh it up a little bit, um, make it a little bit prettier for people, but also make it a little bit more functional as well because I'm going to start writing a little bit of a blog too about uncomfortable topics and uncomfortable experiences Uh, and if there is anyone out there listening that would want to contribute some guest blogs uh, or a little bit of writing or their ideas in in written format I'd be very appreciative of that so if you want to you can get in touch with me at uncomfortableisokay at gmail.com Uh, get in touch with me we can have a little bit of a chat about what you'd like to write about and we can kind of go from go from there also putting the call out there as well for for guests so the the guys that I've talked to so far have been amazing and have had some really cool interesting varied experiences which has been wicked to talk about um and always on the lookout for, for new guests. So if you have done something cool or done something uncomfortable and want to talk about it, get in contact with me. If you know someone that's done something cool or done something uncomfortable, point them in my direction because I'd love to have a chat with them about it. So that's a little bit of an update on some of the stuff that I'm working on at the moment. Um, and always coming up with kind of new ideas so as as they evolve I will let you know so I hope you guys all enjoy the the potpourri of uh, conversations and snippets from conversations that I've brought in here today uh, for your listening pleasure as always thanks for listening and thanks for getting uncomfortable with me today So first up in the smorgasbord of excerpts from the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast is a bit from back in episode 20 when I sat down to have a conversation with Courtney Durr. Now Courtney is the co-founder of Body Love New Zealand, which helps teach women to love themselves to their inner core. Health and beauty are so much more than what you see physically. And through fitness, practical tools, and healthy environments, Courtney and the guys from Body Love New Zealand help women to see their true beauty and potential. Now, this little snippet is Courtney's lesson that she wanted to leave us with talking a bit about gratitude. One big thing that I teach the girls, and whether it's in the, at the retreat or whether it's um, at boot camp, is to be grateful. Um, and so at the start of every session um, before boot camp, 
uh, we just go through what's one thing that you're grateful for today. And it's about understanding how lucky you are and how much you have. And yeah, I guess for me, it's it's what's helped me become a, the happy person that I am. I, I really am a positive, happy person every single day. And, and it's because it's not because I have so much amazing things in my life. It's because I'm grateful for all the small things, um, which in turn has created a positive mindset, which then has um, brought more positive positivity into my life. So be grateful for the body you have because not everyone is lucky enough to have two legs and to have a fully functioning body. And despite what it looks like, it is functioning and, and, and it's, you know, it's beautiful because it is unique. So be grateful for yourself. Um, be grateful for, you know, your family and friends, even if they do frustrate you. Um, yeah, you're, you're lucky to have them and, and be grateful for, you know, your, your environment because, yeah, it is especially if you live in New Zealand, it is amazing and it's such a great country to be in. So, yeah, I'm going to leave you with that. Next up on the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast Corbett's episode is Lucy O'Connor from Monday Hustle fame. Now, Lucy kicked her 9-to-5 job in the teeth a while back to follow her dream. The result, or part of the result, is Monday Hustle. And Lucy leaves us with a little bit of valuable insight about change. Life lesson. I think the most important thing for me to realize, to have realized in life, is that there's no change without change. Um, And that's something that has really kind of got me trying new things, got me out of bed in the morning. It's, you know, got me talking to different people. Uh, There's no change without change. So that implies kind of activity and action and doing something, um, which is uncomfortable sometimes. But if you want change and you want things to be different, either you have to change, you've got to change the situation, you've got to change yourself. There's something that needs to change and only you can kind of work out what that is. So I will leave you with that. <laughs> oh, and hustle, hustle. you got to hustle. <laughs> you got to hustle for change. Maybe I should change that. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we've got Sarah Lancaster from So Love, who was actually my neighbor when I was growing up. So it was really cool to reconnect with Sarah on this episode. Now, Sarah is the founder of So Love, a social enterprise that is focused on providing pop-up fun spaces and resources for people to be creative, learn new skills and get to know their neighbors Uh, focusing on reducing landfill and strengthening communities in a fun, positive way. So Sarah leaves us with a bit of a message and also a bit of a mantra for you guys to follow. And the idea of always dreaming big and um, putting yourself out there to tackle challenges or um, going out of your comfort zone and challenging status quo and like normal kind of daily life is great and exhilarating and nerve-wracking um because you're putting yourself out there to be judged potentially um whether you're being thrown tomatoes at or hugged and liked you know on Facebook <laughs> um you're always up for scrutiny and whether when you're putting yourself out there so I try to live by a little mantra 
um, and you can kind of replace the words for your vocation. Is that the right word? Your yeah. topics. So um, I say I may not be the best teacher. I'm sure there's lots of people out there who have been teaching longer than me, and I may not be the best sewer. Um, and there's so many people that come and interact with me that have been sewing like 50 years more than me, and I'm not a better sewer than them. But I will always can be the best me. And so it's just something I try to remember that I'm not going to be perfect and you don't need to be the best at something. And number one, um, you can just always strive to be the best you. Do you want to try it? I may not be the best. I may not be the best podcaster or I may not be the best chef, but I can be the best me. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Next up, we are heading back to episode 10, where it was a bit of a special conversation. It was the first time I'd actually talked to two people at once. So talking to Deb Lambie and Dave Cameron from LearnCoach. LearnCoach is New Zealand's biggest online learning video tutorial platform for high school students. Today, we're chatting with Deb and Dave about failure. Can you guys tell me about a time that you've failed and what you learned from that? So many to choose from. Yeah, so many to choose from. Uh, Well, something that I found really, I guess, disappointing was, I don't know why, but I always really wanted to win a Rose Scholarship and go to Oxford um, and study, and I got shortlisted, and so I got to the top seven in New Zealand, and... um, had interviews with the Governor General and then there's this after the seven of us were interviewed they give three people a scholarship and so you all like the seven of us all kind of like went to wait around all afternoon and then lined up and we're just standing there and then the Governor General comes out and is like the scholarship has gone to X, Y and Z and it wasn't like it wasn't me and that was like pretty crushing at the time because you part of like the whole application process is you have to say what you what you want to study why you want to go there what you want the impact of your study to be and so to have gone through all of that you start to really visualize it and imagine what it will be like and so that was really really I was like pretty crushed about that and I guess what I really learned was that from putting yourself out there and by going through the whole process and then it not working out, you kind of realise that it's okay to fail. What is the like, what is actually the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is that you don't end up where you want to end up. But by focusing on that goal for a period of time, it meant that I did so much better in my study. It meant that I got to really develop my idea of where I want to end up. And even though, and I still feel like disappointed actually like even talking about it now, but hopefully in the future I will get to go and it might just be by a different avenue. And if I had gone, there's other things that I have done which I am really proud of um, that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had been studying over there. So it's been really good. Even though it is sad to like really set your heart on a goal and for it not to work out, you kind of realise that it's okay and that you only win by striving for something. So for me it was a little bit different. Just after starting Learn Coach, we uh, I came up to Wellington and started another company which was focused on, on China. So we went over there and, and ended up raising a bunch of money. 
after this three-week trip, we thought we'd booked a whole lot of uh, contracts. This was going well. So we'd taken a bunch of investment money on and made all these promises about how big and wonderful the world was going to be. And so many months later in China, none of these contracts had eventuated at all. Nothing was happening. We kind of realized what we thought was all going ahead really wasn't. So I'd been standing on stage in front of literally hundreds of people telling them what we'd achieved and what we'd really done. Realizing after that, that geez, that, that wasn't actually the case. This really hasn't worked out like we told them to. And then kind of sitting on my bed over in China, kind of thinking, hired staff over here, we've set up offices, everything's kind of happened. I can't even order a meal over here. How am I going to find the millions of dollars of contracts I'm supposed to do and, and kind of let everybody down? And so it's it's a really uncomfortable and awkward place to, to be. And so you really do, it felt like failing without even realizing it, which was... Um, it's really disappointing to have a big vision of where you want to be, but you know you, you don't get there so often. And what's that? What's that quote? I can remember after um, or the day that I kind of like got that bad news. Um, I rang my school, actually my school principal, who had helped like help me prepare, and she was like, "Life is full of disappointments. Don't let them get you down." And I was like, "It sounds like a cheesy quote, but it's so so true. Anyone who does anything." of value will have failed so many more times than they will have had success. So it's like, if you're not failing, you're not putting yourself out there enough. Um, So even though it sucks, I think it's actually really good to be doing things that you are failing at because it means you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're trying new things, you're pushing yourself, and that means that as a person, you will be growing so much more than you would be if you were just staying in your comfort zone and not failing. Yeah. Which is a failure in itself. Yeah. And the other thing, although, although failure kind of sucks, it's not actually that bad. It's kind of like, as long as you've ruined your life or, or lost your house or whatever it is, it's kind of just lessons learned effectively. So it's it's disappointing because you want a different outcome. But most of the time, that's beyond your control anyway. There's no point kind of looking back with regret. So it's, like you say, you chose the interesting route rather than the boring one. Just carry on with your life. Nobody ever cares about the stuff that you didn't do. If you keep going and eventually do something you're proud of, that's all anybody cares about anyway. If Steve Jobs had failed at a bunch of companies before, no one would give a crap. Which he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all about, about the perspective of, what, of the way you're you're looking at it. Yeah, yeah. This is a stepping stone rather than, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm done, that's it. Yeah. And it's just another reason to enjoy the journey rather than the outcome. Because the outcome of anything is uncertain. There's a million things which could derail anybody's plans. So if you're enjoying the journey, the worst thing that will happen is you won't get the outcome. At least you will have had a good run. So I think that it's, I don't know, not taking failure or success, I guess, that serious and yeah. it's probably a, probably a key thing to try and take away from me. Yeah, and people always get so kind of tied up in what other people will think, like what will someone think if I apply for this and don't get it, or someone will talk about this, but other people do not care. Like no one else is really that interested in what, the only person that cares about my success or failure is my family and friends who care about me and myself. Like, no one minds if I put myself out there and it doesn't work out. No one is really that interested. Obviously, there's a lot of internal talk going on with that as well, uh, with with that uncertainty and saying, hey, should you really be doing this? Do you guys have ways that you address that and kind of talk back to it or squash it down? Definitely. Definitely. I think that the biggest thing is that calling out uncertainty and being open and clear in your own mind that it is very uncertain, that you can't control the outcome. You might be able to influence it, but most things and outcomes are beyond your control. 
So knowing that's what it is and being kind of okay before you try something that there's a very real chance it won't work out. That's what a risk is. That's why it's uncertain. And so you're, you're choosing to buy into the, the failure, potential failure, as much as you're choosing to buy into the potential success as well. So knowing that just means that you're on the journey knowing that it can definitely go either way. Yeah. So I think that, that really helps detach from the outcome somewhat and try to you know, enjoy the process on I always try to just focus on the things that I can control. So there's things so you can do your best, you can do your best training, you can do your best preparation, but you can't control the outcome, which is basically the same as what you were saying. Yeah. So you want to be able to look back and be like, I've given this 110%, yeah. no matter what the outcome is, I can't look back with any regrets. And so when I have a goal that I'm working towards, that's the kind of ethos I try to have to be like, I just want to feel like I couldn't have done anything else. I think I, and I couldn't agree with that more. If you're kind of proud of what you tried to do, you can't you can't look back. It would just be really sad to fail being like, oh, I just shouldn't have slept in every day. I should yeah. have tried a little bit harder. If you failed then, I think it would suck because you probably would regret not doing it. But, you know, if you've dug it in, you can't. You can't yeah, regret you can't, it. You, you couldn't have done anything different. Made the best decision you can with the information you have. And that's all anyone can do. But I think the big take-home message that, that I'm trying to tell myself is that trying something is makes the whole process, makes your life a more interesting journey. You've only got one, so why not do that? And so to detach from the outcome, as hard as that may be sometimes, means you can enjoy the journey a lot more. At the same time, you don't want to detach too much because you're still gunning for a goal that you want to be excited about in the same, in the same fashion. So I think finding that balance, if you can do it, go hard and carry on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, I guess, make some goals that you're really excited about and work towards them. Because there's nothing kind of like more exciting than having something really cool on the horizon that you're all striving for. Brilliant. I think that's a great place to to wrap it all up. Thanks very much for your time, guys, coming and sitting down with me today. It's been wicked. Yeah, Yeah, thanks thanks for having us. It's great. I was fortunate enough back in episode 32 to have a chat with Hamish Wright, who is a Kiwi doctor who has been working down at the Geographic South Pole. Now, it was a fascinating conversation with Hamish, not the least because it was midnight while we were talking, but just the stuff that they're doing down there, the exciting things he got to be involved in. Um, But today he leaves us with a little bit about following your dreams and going for a goal. Oh, man. Uh... Interesting life lessons. Like I, I think, um, you know, like I, I always thought this was a bit of a pipe dream to come down here. Um, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of colleagues and friends and things would would, well, you know, since I've come down, have, have told me about how they'd love to be here and and, and things. And I, and I, I remember looking into it years ago, um, and thinking, man, that's such the logistics and the costs of of having people down here is such a is such a saga. But I, I guess you know anything is possible. I think, you know, if, if you put your mind to it and you just have, you know, like there's been sacrifices along the way for sure. And I've had to, you know, make decisions to facilitate the opportunity to come down here. Plus a, a, a good chunk of luck that this, you know, this job happened to materialize. Um, but, you know, I guess that was the big thing for me is that you can, you know, you can do the stuff that you've always wanted to do if you, if you put your mind and, and make some sacrifices along. Um, I guess that's my big take home. Um, in terms of in terms of other stuff that uh that goes on it's uh yeah like i guess you never know what 
before coming here, like I'd, I'd, I'd not really experienced proper cold. Um, you know, I've, I've been skiing in New Zealand on windy days where it's, you know, minus 20 with wind chill and you're like, man, that's cold. And then, you know, now when it, we hit minus 40, we got a warm spell a couple of weeks ago where it hit minus 40 and you're like, you know, you think that that's tropical and you're outside and you're taking off your bala, you know, two layers of balaclavas and, and things like that because it's, it's, uh, it's back to warm weather and, and sort of that whole, that whole reference frame of what is cold and what is not cold is, is, you know, forever changed when you've, when you've experienced, you know, minus a hundred degrees with wind on, you know, Celsius with wind on your, on your arms. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess that was, that's been a, not, not that you want to always be strong on after, but it's, uh, it's pretty hard to beat a, you know, that when someone tries to tell you about how cold it is outside. Um, and uh yeah there's yeah i guess there's plenty of there's plenty of interesting anecdotes and 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 some of the logistics of 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 you know we've burnt a million liters of jet fuel the winter to to keep the station going and you you know you think oh well, you know we're down here studying climate change it's uh sort of the juxtaposition of of that is is pretty ironic and 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 things, but um, you know, some of the some of the stats of of just facilitating life down here is is pretty fascinating. But um, yeah, there's 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 plenty to keep your mind buzzing if uh, if you're uh, interested in that kind of stuff. Back in episode twenty eight, I got to speak with Hannah Rutherford about her time working as a physiotherapist on the Mercy ship just off Madagascar, um, and she left me with this really cool snippet. Just about one of the best things I think about getting out of your comfort zone and what that means and what that allows you to do. I just think you once you start doing something like like you sort of say, once you start doing something uncomfortable or once you put yourself out there and do some something that was a bit of a challenge, it makes the next one that much easier. And you realise I'm I'm happiest when I'm busy or when I've got something to look forward to. So now I guess the things I'm looking forward to are just starting to get a bit bigger and a bit more exciting. And um, and I think, you know, I never thought that I would be comfortable doing something like that. And um, it's now become one of the coolest things I've ever done. So um, don't be scared, I guess, so maybe. Back in episode 23, Hollywood House, uh, or some of you might know it as the Adventurous Kiwi, from Say Yes to Adventure magazine and also from the charity for Rangers, shared with me some of the challenges that she has faced uh, starting something off and growing Say Yes to Adventure magazine and seeing it evolve. I mean, you can't say that I am reaching a specific target sort of market when you've got someone as young as that that just loves everything about the magazine. Did you have a specific target in mind before you started or did you just kind of go? I suppose it was me. I, um, you know, I, I made this magazine for something that I would love, which <laughs> I probably should have done a wee bit more research, but it, it has worked out well. I, you know, I wanted uh, someone that was adventurous, heading out there and doing it themselves, appreciated a quality product, appreciated beautiful photos, um, and 
and had a bit of a disposable income. But I found that, yes, there are people, you know, sort of that my main audience is the 25 to 35-year-old female. But, you know, my parents' friends absolutely love it, sort of that age group. And then also sort of that younger school school group, which I would love to push even more to, to try and inspire inspire sort of that age group to get out there once they finish school. So there isn't really a specific target as such, just as long as you've got a sense of adventure. Yeah, whoever's enjoying it really. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had any big lessons along the way while you've been doing it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every day is a lesson. uh, I've never had a business before. I've never had... um, I've never done anything like this before. And so, you know, there really it is. The best way to learn is just to do it yourself. And, I mean, there are many things if I was to start over again, I'd do differently. Um, But there's also things that I got right. And just as long as you've got a passion for what you're doing, um, especially in in these early early stages of trying to get a product sort of cemented in a market, um, yeah, you just you learn so much along the way. <laughs> mm. And I think when you do kind of make those mistakes and head off down down the wrong sort of pathway, you actually, when you get things right, you appreciate it so much more. And it's because you've actually gone through this tough challenge, uh, challenging time that actually, when you get it, you're like, yes, that's awesome. I'm I'm pretty stoked with myself there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when a when a man rolls off the print uh, printer and it, and you pick it up and I can smell it and I just you know this is this is why I do it. I, I love magazines and I love the fact that I've created it myself. And um, you know, people's feedback I get emails from people that just say you know this is my favorite magazine and or um, I've read an article about this and I'm off to do do something like that. So. The, sort of have created a tool to help people or to inspire people to go and do something for themselves. Yeah, it's so satisfying. Holly, I want to talk a little bit more about failure, actually. Can you tell me about a time that you've failed and what you uh, what you learned from it? I was thinking about this and I wrote an article um, a while ago about I went on an adventure and we were searching for a, a plane and – we didn't end up finding the plane. Um, and so sort of brought to my attention, you know, was that a failed adventure or was the fact that you still went on the adventure and created something, does that make it a, a success? And so, so I've had I've had so many failures um, as in completing what I set out to do. Um, but from every failure, you learn from it and, and then it just sets you off and a better like you cannot go backwards no matter what what's happened you've already learned so much from it so um to be able to then go forward you're just in such a better state. in our most recent episode i got the chance to have a chat with a, a very inspiring young woman by the name of irene wakefield and talk about prepare new zealand um and the work she's doing with the youth of New Zealand and their relationships. Um, But in this excerpt, she lets us know that the most important relationship that we have is the one that we have with ourselves. 
I think probably the one that stands out the most to me, I've talked to a little bit already, and that is, you know, take the time for you. Um, Take the time to figure out who you are. And I think you might think you know already, but still take the time to do that because I think the person that you are um, will always evolve and it's so important to keep up with that because that's where you're going to find your energy and if you can take the time to figure that stuff out that's also where you're going to find a a sense of purpose as well Um, and we're all here looking for that I believe we're all here looking for purpose um Set yourself boundaries, you know, be really clear of who or, or what you're willing to let invade your space. Your space is yours, it, it belongs to you and so don't be afraid to protect that um, because you're going to spend your entire lifetime with yourself, so look after that space Keep a space that is just for you as well. Um, I know it probably just sounds like an awesome quote or something when it comes out of my mouth, but believe me, I think it's game-changing. It's game-changing for you as a person. It's game-changing for you and your craft, your career, your relationships, that everything starts with you. And so you have to make the space for that. That's all. Thank you. Back in episode 24, I had a chat with Lynn Patterson, or Red, as some of uh, you guys might know her if you've listened to the episode. And she was... Partway through paddling around New Zealand, she was up the west coast of the North Island at that point in time. She's since finished the paddle successfully. Uh, But in this little excerpt today, she has a chat about being a kayaking gypsy, but also about some of the fear that she's faced on her journey and also how she faced it. Uh, Yes, I have. And you wouldn't be honest if you said that you weren't. How have I, I faced them? I've, I've taken them as, as a learning, um, to an, and, and if I don't, I think if you don't learn from Mother Nature, and I, and I say this all the time because it's normally her that's caused me to fear because she's whacked up the weather barometer on me and we've got it wrong or the waves are way bigger coming into a beach than I really want them to be. And I've sort of taken a mental note and gone, okay, well, she'll give me one, two lessons maybe and make me feel the fear in the, in the back of my throat. And then she'll probably give me a, a hoor of a great lesson and slap me around the back of the head with the next wave that comes in. Um, so, yeah, I, I have, and I've really tried to learn from them and remind myself that, I want to kayak around New Zealand because I love the coastline and I love the ocean. I want to tell a uh, a wonderful story. I don't want to crash and burn around the coastline and go, holy crap, that was another really bad day. Um, I hated it. and Because you can only have so many days where you hate it and you just don't want to go out there anymore. And 
And and sometimes I've I've crashed and burned at a couple of beaches um, on the South Island, um, and it's taken me three days of attempts to get out because the waves have been so big. And those are those are, are tough days because you really have to dig deep to get out there because she's throwing ocean after ocean wave at you and you've got to try and smash your way through them. Um, and and she'll she'll throw you out and you get it wrong and you're back on the beach with your kayak and your paddle and yourself in separate locations. So, so yes, I, I, I've tried to learn to be respectful, hugely respectful of the ocean because she, um, she'll only, she'll take you out. At the end of the day, she's far stronger than I am. Um, mm. and I want to enjoy myself. Um, so yeah, there have been, I think talking about fear and feeling sick, I think the first time I felt sick about going out there was when I crossed Cook Strait. Um, it was 2.30 in the morning. I set out, um, from Macra Beach. And I'd always promised everybody that, and myself that I'd have a couple of knowledgeable people with me that would go across the Cook Strait because there's only bad stories and, and, and about the Cook Strait and how fearful you need to be of it. Uh, so I ended up being on my own because it was Christmas Eve and everybody else has got other lives and they couldn't possibly go across, which is fair enough. So I'm there at 2.30 in the morning and thinking, holy crap, this is going to be bad. It, it can't be good um, because no one ever tells a good story about crossing the Cook Strait. And I, we made a plan and we talked because we had great cell phone coverage all the way across. And we talked for three hours and I was told if I got for three hours, then it was still okay to turn and come back if it was really, it was rough out there if the weather forecast was really wrong. Well, I don't think I ate for six because I was so scared it was going to turn bad any moment and it didn't. It was calm, clear <laughs> and a perfect crossing. So, so my fears were wasted really all my energy and fear was wasted I did a navigation error because I was so paranoid that I'd get it wrong and it was fine so it's what 99% of everything you worry about doesn't happen <laughs> it's the mm. time when you're not worried that it comes and it comes and gets you yeah so that that's that's what it was like um where else was I I frightened Oh, a couple of times on the east coast I have been and and definitely on the west coast of the South Island there's some some absolutely beasts of, of beaches down there if you get it wrong. Um, and, and there also is there's a whole lot of tough coastline for me to go on to yet. Next up is Marianne Elliott from episode 34. Now, Marianne is a whole lot of things. She's a writer, a human rights advocate and consultant, a yoga teacher, a teacher of living life and a collector, crafter and teller of stories. Uh, in today's little excerpt, I was lucky enough to have a little bit of a chat with her about change and being the creator of change. Um, and she fills us in on the four areas of change that she works on. Actually, the four areas that I've devoted my sort of working energy to are probably like the four kind of theories I have about how change happens. So the first one was um, when I came back from Afghanistan, I was really clear that in order to be useful as somebody who wanted to create positive change in the world, I needed to take better care of myself. So the first stream of work was that I studied to be become a yoga teacher. I studied to teach meditation. 
I studied about, you know, sort of neuroscience and nutrition and um, mostly about improving my own well-being, but also learning how to be useful to other people with a particular interest in supporting people who do change work to take care of themselves. So that's kind of like my first line of like how do we create change in the world is about our um, sort of personal well-being, being able to balance our own nervous system so that we're not operating from a place of um, just sort of activation and um, hypervigilance all the time um, and physically building up our strength and fitness and stamina so that we can do the work we want to do in the world. And then the second strand is my, I guess what I think of as my campaigning or advocacy work, which is about there are there are things that um, that we see, most of us, when we look out into the world, whether it's homelessness or families that aren't earning enough money to provide the basics for their children, or whether it's you know a healthcare system that is sort of stretched at the outer limits and not able to meet the needs of people who are in mental health crisis. There's all sorts of things that we see. And there are uh, lots of ways that you can, you know, get involved in making change. But the one that I'm really passionate about is policy change. I think um, there's a lot that communities can do, but communities really can only flourish when they're supported by national policies, policies at the national level that are designed to support communities to flourish. When you have a government that is making policies and setting priorities that put people and communities and families first. And we don't have that at the moment. So that's my second kind of area of change is that I believe politicians um, in a country like New Zealand will follow the people. Um, we vote for them. We put them in power. We keep them in power. So they actually are looking to us all the time to say, what do people want from us? What do the voters actually want us to do? What are the issues they care about? What do they care about enough that they actually expect us to do better on? And so that's the whole my whole second area is like how do we um, engage as collective groups of concerned citizens to effectively communicate to politicians that we want change on these issues? And we can't wait until an election. We need to be doing that, um, you know, throughout the democratic cycle. So that's the second thread of my work, which I do mostly through Action Station. I previously worked at um, other organisations like Oxfam and I'm involved with Amnesty um, International in New Zealand as well. The third strand for me is about um, ethical business. Um, business enterprises uh, you know, have a lot of impact in our communities, so that's the kind of Labakaloka strand, which is uh, around, you know, we might not have a government which currently is prioritising employment policies that care for people, but we can run a business that insists on having employment policies that care for people. We can have you know, a commitment to the living wage because we know the minimum wage isn't enough for people to live on. We can have a commitment to having our staff on permanent contracts rather, on, rather than what often happens in hospitality, which is people are on casual contracts and you know, have insecure work and no um, access to leave. So we can just make those choices. We don't have to wait for the policies to be there. And as a business, if we show that it's possible, that's also one way to um, to help, I think, create an environment in which it becomes politically more viable for, for governments to make those policy changes. 
And then the fourth area for me where I'm interested in creating change is through, um, I guess, what I, what I would call storytelling. So like what you're doing with this podcast, um, I write, I write um, um, op-eds for newspapers, I write, you know, I write blog posts for various publications, um, I write hundreds of emails to Action Station members, um, I wrote a book about my time in Afghanistan, and um, I really believe that the... Um, the possibilities that we're able to imagine in the world are largely defined by the stories that we've heard. Um, so if we're stuck and we feel like we can't imagine how the world could be different, then we probably need to be exposed to new and different stories. So that's the fourth. So it's quite comprehensive. I have mm. basically a four-part theory of change, and I have like my life is divided up into putting energy into all of those. And then I guess the final thing, which almost goes without saying, but it's worth mentioning, is like, I really believe that we change the world by the way that we treat the people who are closest to us. So I, I always try to prioritise being available to my friends and family, um, being a good neighbour, <laughs> like literally just, you know, being somebody who my next-door neighbour can rely on to babysit. Because um, I think if we do have those kind of you know, strong bonds at the community level, then we, we are more resilient and we're more able to overcome you know, some of the challenges of a less compassionate um, economy, which is what we have at the moment. Um, I think the one I want to leave you with is we were talking about different ways of creating change in the world. For a long time, the only question I asked was, what is the most effective way to create change? Like, what is the action that will create the most change, the most good for the most people? And I thought, that's what I should be doing. And then it really wasn't until in my 30s that it occurred to me to ask, and in what kind of work do I thrive? Because I'm also allowed to thrive while I'm doing this work to create good in the world. So um, that's probably like like my like my big revelation is that it's okay to also ask what is the work in which I thrive, and then you know orient your life around work that you that you love and which you thrive and which you you believe is contributing in some way to to a kind of a net positive impact on the world because I think if you can find those two things where they overlap, it's a pretty sweet spot and life is pretty good. Cool. In episode 22, I was fortunate enough to have a chat with Matt Scorringe from The Art of Surfing. Uh, we talk surfing the international circuit, free surfing all over the world, and being a survivor of cancer. Matt lets us know a little bit today about why it's important to have goals and how he approaches his. Um, I guess just tying or summarising everything I've said over the last hour or so. Um, I mean, the one thing for me, um, I, I don't think of myself as uh, anyone different to the person next to me, but just just be just be driven, like have goals and, and focus on them, um, whatever it is, whatever you want to do. Um, I don't want to sound cheesy, but it's the secret to life. Like if you literally focus on something, that's, you know, as I said earlier, isn't some ridiculous thing. It's, it's achievable, whatever that is to you. Yeah, the biggest lesson I've learned in life is you can do anything you want, seriously, even if it is a bit crazy. You know, if you're young enough and you want to be some superstar athlete, 
just focus on it. Or if you're, you know, older and you want to achieve something with your career or, you know, financial goals or family goals, just write those things down and, um, you know, work towards it. Do the steps that need to be done um, because if you have a goal and you focus on it, you will achieve it. It's as simple as that and it sounds maybe a little bit too, you know, <laughs> airy-fairy to some people. It might just, they might not be able to relate to it but I've just, personally, I've had, you know, there always been things I knew were possible and, um, you know, for the most part, I've, whatever I've written down on, in those diaries, they've got ticks next to them. So, and the ones that don't yet, they will eventually as far as I see it. So, yeah, that's my advice. If anyone wants to do anything in this life, whatever it is, just write those goals down and just make sure you focus on them. Liv Spencer Bauer is a business owner. She is a world champion canoe polo player. Uh, and an all-round insightful person. And back in episode 26, I got to have a chat with her about all of these things. But perhaps the most important thing that she talks about is the importance of being kind to ourselves. She fills us in a little bit today on that. It's a good one to finish with, isn't it? Um... Save the best till last. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think, like, what I'm working on right now is is just being kind to yourself, you know, challenge yourself, push your boundaries, but when it comes back to it, be kind and, and accept where you are in the moment. Like that, like I said before, you know, whatever your Everest is, you'll get there eventually if you just have some tenacity and some grit and keep going, and, and you'll have setbacks, um, but just keep going. And if if the route round the east side of the mountain doesn't work, then maybe try the west. Like sometimes we're just not quite on the right path to get to the goal that we want. So you have to think outside the square sometimes in order to reach it. And if something's not serving you, then ditch it and move on. But, yeah, keep dreaming, keep going on adventures, keep having fun, and be kind to yourself. <laughs> This next one is taking it right back into the vault near the start of the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. Uh, I got a chance to have a chat with Matt Cameron, who is a BMX representative from New Zealand. Um, we talk a bit about BMX, but we also have a little bit of a chat in this excerpt about failure, about goals and things that we're driven to succeed or want to succeed at. But probably more importantly is, as well as having those goals, enjoying the journey that goes along with that and not being so blinded by the end result. Mm, yeah, I, uh, I guess you can look at life and I could look at life and look at a lot of things where I failed. I could say in sport I, I failed to make the Olympic Games in 2008. Yeah, and what uh, what did you learn from that? I think it's uh, I learned to to not be so attached to to one thing or or one goal or one outcome, and and and, and enjoy the 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 journey along and the process to get there, because um, I think when you're solely fixed on one thing or one result or one outcome, you forget everything else that's happening around you and don't enjoy it as much as what you could be. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point as well, and that uh, especially if you're working towards something that that is a long way off, and that's all you're focused on. Yeah. That I mean, just even getting out for a ride or getting out doing a gym session is it can be fun in itself, and if you're if you're purely focused on that that distant goal, then sometimes you just actually don't stop and enjoy the stuff that you're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a big thing. Um, um, I remember when I came back to the sport, it was I had a big big goal was to obviously get to the games and and win a gold medal. Um, and and I had small goals along the way. Obviously, I wanted to be doing this, the, the sport full-time without having to um, hold up a full-time job or a part-time job. I wanted to have sponsors. I wanted to get this, and I wanted that. And there was a lot of things that I wanted and, and, and goals that I wanted, but I noticed I was ticking those boxes, and I was making them things happen without actually appreciating when they were happening. So I was so fixated on one thing, that I was forgetting about all these other things that I'd always wanted when I first started the sport, um, that I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I probably could have. And 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 now every time that thing hap- something like that happens, I I pre- appreciate it. This next week's snippet is from one of my favourite episodes, actually, episode number sixteen. I had a chat with Paul Petch from Good People Run. Uh, he talks a little bit in this one about doing things that make the world a better place and how we all need to take a little bit of responsibility for that and to stand up and do these things ourselves, not rely on someone else to do them for us. (laughs) No, actually recently I had this realization recently and I'd love to share it with you. Right. So I get asked a lot, you know, what's good people run about? And I, and I answer the question, I tell them, and they say, yeah, but what's it really about? And I say, what do you mean? What's it really about? They're like, well, you know, you're not kind of trying to make money from it, so what's it about? And I'm like, hmm. And I'm like, the thing is, because people are so conditioned to do certain things, um, when you don't do what most people expect, you get noticed. So I kind of, Outside of the Good People Run project, um, the, 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 the actual description of what we do, um, one of the biggest um, motivators for the project is to be a disruptor. Um, and I didn't realize this. I've been trying to kind of put it into some kind of words. I've had this gut feeling about it, and I couldn't explain what it was. But the other day, um, you know, just kind of looking at just the way things are, seemingly in the world um there's not many people running against the grain anymore it's not like it used to be like many years ago so many not many people have got a purpose or a point of view or you know they kind of basically just follow follow you know like look at pokemon recently you know like what the hell they release a game and like everybody's like walking into traffic and stuff it's just like but then no one will vote um, to keep a government and a country connected to Europe. And um, so, my advice would be to people, do something about it. So, if you feel something's not right in the world or, you know, kids should 
not wake up hungry without shoes in New Zealand, which is kind of a third currently. Um, do something about it. Um, if you, you know, feel that things in sport are not great, um, and for the right reasons, talk about it or do something about it. So that's my pearl of wisdom is be, you know, don't follow, don't follow the rules and do what everybody expects you to do. Um, if you have a great idea and you're passionate about it and it doesn't fit into what most people feel should fit into, give it a go because, um, if you give it a go and it does actually stand taller than all the other noise that everybody's making, um, and it gets noticed, then you can actually do something really positive with it. So yeah, so that, that's my pearl of wisdom. And I'm, um, I, I, I try not to be a, like a narcissistic egomaniac over this. I'm, I want to be kind of humble and realistic about it. But, you know, honestly, one of the biggest things that I get disappointed with is there's just not enough people, um, being different anymore so yeah so if you have a, if you dif- if you have a different idea um just just go for it and try and stand tall yeah richard mcchesney is a little bit of a special guest um for a couple of reasons he's the first person that reached out to me to be on the podcast so that was very very cool but he's also the first guest that i've done two podcasts with the first was about his exploits long distance race walking the second was a bit of a time lapse through his six day race walk which is a really interesting podcast experiment uh, today he has a little bit of a chat with us about the potential for regrets and the importance of not giving up when we spoke back in august uh, i remember you asked me a similar question and I said never give up and I remind myself of that over and over again um, during the race you know whatever your your goals are whatever your dreams are never give up because one day you're going to look back and regret um, that you gave up okay I didn't necessarily achieve exactly what I wanted to but I'm proud of what I achieved if I had um, dropped out for whatever reason if I let myself down I would you know live with that regret forever so Rather than that, I can be proud of what I did and, yeah, never give up. In episode 35, I was honoured to have a chance to have a chat with Simone Butler about her new book, uh, Double-Edged Sword, and about her experiences. And, and we chatted about a lot of things, including domestic violence in New Zealand. And, and Simone has a bit of a chat here about domestic violence in New Zealand, what to do if you're in that situation. But as well as your message here around domestic violence, I think it's an important message for everyone in life in that if we're in trouble or if we're struggling, we really need to reach out and ask for help from people. Really, for people that are in violent situations, um, to get out as soon as they can. I mean, I understand that it's very tricky and the most dangerous time for a woman is when she's leaving a, day, a violent relationship. But distance and perspective are the only things that will, you know, you need distance and perspective and you can't get perspective without distance. So reach out for help. If the first person that you ask for help doesn't help you, ask somebody else. You know, 
don't stop. And also, you know, if and women women will identify with this. If you have seen a look in a man's eye and you think, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. He is. It may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but it is going to happen. So get out and keep yourself safe and know that no matter what's happened, you can heal from it, but it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take other people. You can't do this by yourself. You need help. That, that's my, my big message is you need help. And if, if you can't get help from the first person, then ask somebody else because there will be somebody out there that can help. So that was the first ever Cool Bits of the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. Um, it's been a lot of fun putting it together. It was a reasonable amount of work trolling back through all the episodes that I did. And I wanted to take Cool Bits out of, out of every episode. But that probably would have been about three or four weeks of work for me. Um, and it it would have put this episode up over two hours easily. Um, so sorry to all my guests who have missed out. I might have to do another Cool Bits episode with all of you. Uh, I just want to say thanks to everyone that has been on the podcast so far and has really shared their time and their stories and their insights with me. It's, it's definitely helped me learn and I've really enjoyed having some of these interesting and comfortable conversations with people that I wouldn't have otherwise had a chance to to have a chat with them. And one of the cool things about having a podcast is actually being able to talk with these people. It's a it's a little bit of a a wee bit of a scam in that regard in that I I reach out to people that are interesting and say, "Hey, do you want to have a chat on my podcast?" And most of them say yes, which I'm very grateful for. Whereas if I reached out to these people and say, hey, do you want to have a chat? Uh, they might look at me a little bit strangely. I also want to say thank you to everyone that's tuned in and listened to an episode or listened to a bit of an episode. Um, thanks for spending your valuable time uh, listening to me kind of curate these stories a little bit and, and try and have a chat with uncomfortable uh, topics with with really cool people um, it's been it's been awesome to see a whole lot of people from all over the world really listening in and tuning into the podcast and I'm actually really really excited about all the listeners uh, in the Isle of Man that's kind of taken off there in the last couple of months the podcast which has been quite cool and I think you're kind of sitting at the um, in my top five downloads for, for the different countries, which has been pretty impressive. Um, I want to thank everyone else that's helped me with the podcast, putting it together, behind the scenes stuff, um, supporting me and encouraging me. It's been, it's been pretty, uh, pretty special. Um, and I also want to thank my, my little brother, Jeremy Desmond, as always for his, uh, his musical talent, um, I initially said to him when I started off the podcast, I was like, well, I've got some, I want to do this podcast about uncomfortable conversations. Have you got any music that would go along with it? And he said, I think, give me, give me a day or two. I've got something there. Um, and he came back with this and it's been, it's been wicked. And I think it fits the, the theme really, really well. So thanks to, thanks to everyone. 
Um, and 2017, the, the plan for the podcast is just to, to keep talking with cool people about uncomfortable conversations. So if you guys know anyone that you think would be great for me to talk to, reach out to me. You can find us Uncomfortable Is Okay on Facebook, uh, Uncomfortable Is Okay on Instagram, Chris Desmond NZ on Twitter, or Uncomfortable Is Okay at gmail.com. Send me through some people that you think I should talk to, especially if you've got their contact details, that would be great. Or if you're someone that wants to have an uncomfortable conversation with me, go on the podcast uh, you do get used to hearing your voice. It's a little bit weird to start with um, when you're listening to the recordings, but I'd be more than happy to to have a chat. I'd love to have a conversation with some of you. So thanks again to everyone. I hope your 2017 has got off to a great start. Uh, I'd love to hear from, from all of the listeners out there um, just about what you've got out of the podcast and any ideas you have for me that might help me uh, help me make it better and improve your listening experience. Thanks for getting uncomfortable with me so far. I'm looking forward to getting uncomfortable with you again soon. Mm-hmm.